0: What is? What is? what is? what is? What is biblical counseling?
1: Biblical counseling will grow you from brokenness to wholeness.
2: I think what you just said made me look at those scenarios
0: differently. God replaced all my junk with with a beautiful light. God's really been changing the way that I parent my children
1: the most amazing thing is the sufficiency of his word this is transformed and now your host assistant professor of biblical counseling at the master's university and certified biblical counselor dr greg gifford
2: okay welcome to transformed my name is dr greg gifford and i have the privilege of having our first guest ever on the show Her name is Jamaica Groover Skelton. She's a friend of mine, a colleague here at Masters. She teaches biblical counseling with me, is ACBC certified, and counsels for an organization named 180 Counseling and Education. So Jamaica, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for coming. And thank you for addressing a topic that many of our listeners have been interested in, which is femininity. What does it mean to be a woman and what does it mean to be a woman according to God's perspective? So I've always felt uncomfortable talking about that. And when many of the listeners have written in, I've been like, "Mm, no, I can't say it. So that's why you're here to help us understand some of what the Bible says about this. So let me kind of just get us started by asking in general, you know, what makes a female a female or what makes a woman a woman just at the big picture level?
0: Well, big picture level, we can just look at God's design. Um, He created male and female. So I think it's just that simple in regards to looking at the differences and regarding the distinctions that we have presented before us.
2: Would you say design in terms of like physical design or are you thinking design in other ways?
0: Physical design, yes. Yes. That's pretty obvious. (laughs) (laughs) I
2: I agree with that statement. Not necessarily everyone would agree with that statement. Yes, I agree with that statement.
0: But I do think also that there are just internal distinctions that he created in us. I mean, if we just take time to just look at toddlers um, in their natural state, uh, and what I mean by natural state is watch what they do and how they act without being instructed So, for example, um, when we observe them in their organic self, how God, you know, made them, we will see God's design. Um, There's a distinction between masculinity and femininity because toddlers haven't been tainted yet with the public.
2: It's funny because I was watching a comedian recently and he was saying, you know, that he had a daughter and she was like a princess. And then he went to babysit the friend's son. And he said, you know, you dropped a bobcat off in my house. That thing's chewing on wires under the deck. And I laughed. I was like, no, there is this like innate difference between young toddler boys and young toddler girls.
0: So very true. Um, By nature, a girl, I think, will desire to be more like mommy than a boy would because a boy likes to be like his dad. Um, By nature, a girl may move more delicately as compared to a boy who may move more forcefully when running or playing. If you just watch them, you will see a stark difference because that's how God designed us.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Amen. That's true. Just experientially, I don't have the privilege of having daughters, but I see it in my sons where they're just, they're a little bit more loud, kind of brutish at times, climbing off stuff, (laughs) karate chopping stuff. And so I, I definitely see it. So you would say nature as just part of maybe like a Personality or tendencies or inclinations, not necessarily nature is just physical only.
0: Right, exactly.
2: Okay, so what makes a woman a woman? First step, obviously. We, we both kind of laughed at it, but it is an obvious statement to say yes. The biology aspect, your body, uh, the Lord creates women different from men. And then you're adding another component of this idea of nature, you know, even by nature, a toddler is an example of that. So those are kind of the first categories. Are there other categories or? How do we think about you know femininity in general?
0: Well, I think if we, going back to the toddlers just for a bit, yep. femininity and masculinity are innate in every boy and girl. Like I said, it's innate in them, just like the sinful nature is. So when we leave a child alone and let them be who they are naturally, we will see their sinful nature come out. Come out that um, The some the same goes for femininity in girls and masculinity in boys. By nature, it will come out because that's how God created us, male and female. And I always refer to Genesis 1.27, um, where it talks about, this makes it very clear, God created man in his own image, in the image of God. He created him, male and female. That's very stark and distinct. He created them. So I think when we observe, and me being someone who observed my two youngest cousins who are three and four, and one of them, I believe just turned five recently, I see vividly that God created men and women to be intrinsically different when it comes to their masculine and feminine characteristics.
2: And would you say it's part of a parent's job to cultivate that?
0: All the more, because if it's God's design, then we have to be the ones who are responsible to encourage that it's just like seeing spiritual gifts in a child if you see a spiritual gift young in them you need to help them to hone that and and make it better
2: or maybe even correct it if you feel like it's maybe a a not a helpful expression or
0: almost definitely always correct the wrong (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> <laughs> My thought is I, I see friends with daughters and, you know, the daughters like grabbing her dress and lifting it up and they're like, no, no, honey, uh-huh. don't do that. Um, so you're saying those types of corrections are important for cultivating femininity.
0: Oh, most definitely. And it's always important for everyone, whether you're a parent or not a parent, when it comes to raising children Um, And even if just being an example, when you're teaching children to give them the reason why it's not good.
2: All right, good. So I would see similarities on the masculinity side for sure, just in the way that we would correct boys and help them think through the way they are expressing their masculinity. Mm -hmm. So you're saying, yes, that's true for femininity. Yes, we need to help young ladies think about their femininity that way. Yeah. Anything else on that? Any other thoughts about the nature stuff?
0: Um, I think that's pretty much it. I always like to ask questions about things and I always like to present questions. So I think it's necessary for us as women to always ask ourselves, how can we please God in our femininity? Not just stick to the topic of femininity and what it looks like. Just ask yourself, what does God want me to do and how Does he want me to do it? And how can I please him in doing it? Because I do believe a lot of women have taught and exhausted this topic to the point where I really don't need to talk about it, but I just want to add more depth into it. And how can I please God in it?
2: I do. I do agree with that. I think that it's hard to know who to trust at times when ladies are looking just for solid biblical resources. And so voices like yours are, they're valuable because people are thinking, you know, I'd I want to know who to trust and then to listen to what they have to say about femininity without it getting weird or feministic. Um, so now when you say, how can I please God in my femininity? Are there answers to that that you have or things that are just prompts for folks to consider?
0: Well, I think it's important to understand God's ordinance. And the first thing would be to be virtuous. And what does that look like? So a woman who's virtuous is a woman with a noble character. And what does that look like? It comes up with different ways. So those are the things I want to be able to express.
2: So a woman who's virtuous, noble character, start me off. What is that? What, I mean, can you break that down?
0: Yeah, sure. Um, I think, or not, I think God's word says a virtuous woman is kind. So I believe kindness is one of those things that women have to learn how to um, practice and learn how to obey God's word in that and also having good morals Um, I believe also she is wealthy and all of those things have to do with how God has really designed us to be and wants us to be. And we can do that in Christ most definitely.
2: So you started with kindness? Yes. Why start with kindness and not morals or something else?
0: Um, well, kindness is an act of service that meets real needs. So I think it's important for us as women, um, to practice serving. And to practice meeting real needs is being useful and serviceable to others and not about ourselves Um, actually is doing that above ourselves. So practicing Philippians chapter two, it's important for us to be able to be commendable and um, for people to see kindness in us before good morals, because I think that's all encompassed together.
2: Yeah, I guess it would be hard to say she has good morals, but she's not a kind person. Um, Okay. So kindness, we just have a couple of seconds here before we got to take a break, but kindness, you described it as doing good or what was the exact way you said, like meeting a real need?
0: Yeah. It's an act of service that meets real needs. It's being useful and serviceable to others above yourselves.
2: Very cool. Okay. Useful, serviceable. So then that's where the Philippians 2 mindset comes in of considering other people's interests more important than your own so forth. Well, uh, let's do this. We need to take a short break. Uh, I'm going to turn it over to Jimmy for a short break, and then we'll talk with you guys here in just a second.
1: All righty. Well, we will return to Dr. Gifford and his guest, Jamaica Gruber-Skelton, very quickly in just a moment. And while we're waiting for that, I want to use this time to give you some really helpful information. First, at transform.org, if you head over there anytime soon, you're going to find available a resource that goes right along with today's discussion on feminism damsels in distress it's written by Martha peace in the book Peace says, for feminists it's all about me my needs my significance my rights my worth my full development and my identity and instead of being drawn to the ear-tickling allure of feminist philosophy the author of Hebrews wrote that all of our senses will be trained to discern good and evil damsels in distress by Martha peace is so helpful and it's available right now in the transform store at transformed.org. Now let's transition momentarily because I want to talk about a vital aspect of keeping this ministry running smoothly. And that's you. That's right, you and the support you offer helps us in our mission and spreading the message of hope and healing through the power of biblical counseling with Transformed, but also all of the resources that we are blessed to provide. But we can't do any of this alone. We need you. We need gospel partners. Because when you join us as an ongoing monthly gospel partner, the gifts and contributions you give make a difference in reaching millions all over the world. You can find out more about how you can support this ministry right now at transformed.org. And also, while you're there at our website, if you have never considered joining the ranks of biblical counseling, you should. People are hurting all over the world, and we as Christians, we want to see them get real help, not the kind of help that the world offers, you know, the help that doesn't actually attempt to resolve issues. Well, biblical counseling and biblical counselors, that's what they do. Try to resolve the issues Permanently, And our churches are in desperate need of good, qualified, trained biblical counselors. And if that sounds right up your alley, then let me tell you, you can get the ball rolling by grabbing some pretty helpful resources at transform.org, one of which is a resource that sits on the shelf of nearly every certified biblical counselor. It's Mark Shaw's The Heart of Addiction. And in this book, Dr. Shaw makes the distinction between what the world terms a disease and what scripture demonstrates as a life-dominating sin nature problem. The Heart of Addiction by Mark Shaw, available now at transformed.org. And lastly, if you yourself are struggling with issues, you're seeking guidance, don't hesitate to reach out to Dr. Gifford himself. You can email him at greg at and then listen, because he very well may answer one of your questions on a future episode of Transformed. And speaking of which, we have to get back to the second half of this episode with Dr. Gifford and a special guest, Jamaica Gruber-Skelton. This is Transformed. Welcome back to Transformed. We have a tendency to let our feelings be the engine that drives our lives. And when we do, despair is soon to follow. And now your host, Dr. Greg Gifford.
2: Okay, welcome back. My name is Dr. Greg Gifford, and I'm here with my friend and colleague, Jamaica Groover Skelton, and we've been talking about biblical femininity. So what we've said so far are technically what Jamaica has said so far.
0: Or really what God has said so
2: far. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, perfect. Thank you. (laughs) What what God has said and Jamaica is citing him is it's in our nature. Well, let me correct that. (laughs) It's not in my nature, Lord willing, to be feminine. Uh, It is in the nature of a woman. And then we're talking about some of the aspects of how you please God in your femininity. So we left off with being virtuous, in particular, being kind. So kindness, an act of service, considering others' interest is more important than your own, actually meeting a practical help. Uh, are there examples of that that you're thinking of in the scripture or reasons why you would go to kindness for a lady?
0: Mm. Yeah. So I believe a woman's kindness is always commendable. Uh, Meaning a woman who is kind will often hear from others about her kindness. It's not something she can say about herself. So for example, I can't go around telling people I'm humble because that is not what humility is. Humility just went out the window when I went ahead and told everybody I'm humble.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I'm the most humble at that.
0: Yeah, so if anything, I just revealed that I'm prideful. Humility doesn't (laughs) talk about itself ever. So that's what pride does. Only other people can say whether or not I'm kind or have shown them kindness um, because kindness is an act of service. So when I serve other people, only those who I serve, whom I serve, can say whether I've served them well. I can't say that about myself. So that's something a woman should be able to notice in herself. Interesting. Yeah. Very
2: interesting. So what? in that way, you do care just a tad, not in a dominating way, but you do care about your testimony mm-hmm. or the way that you are being spoken of or represented.
0: Right. Exactly. And that's something that a woman's kindness is constantly doing as well. It's increasing and it's her reputation. So it's what she is known for by everyone, especially her family. So who she is with her family is who she truly is. She doesn't show partiality with her kindness, but she does exercise her kindness wisely with priorities. And that's when Ruth comes in as an example.
2: Okay, so uh, Ruth is an example because... It really, I mean, the story of Ruth is, it's more about like her family's story. Exactly. Okay. So give me some of your thoughts on Ruth. Why is she the exemplaress for us?
0: Well, we see her, her character of true femininity described in chapter three, verse 10, where it talks about she's blessed of the Lord. She is shown her more kindness at the end than at the beginning. And throughout the book of Ruth, we see her character increase in showing kindness. So this is what kindness does. It increases. We see her loyalty to her mother-in-law, Naomi, and then to Boaz, which demonstrates her care for her family first. Mm -hmm. A virtuous woman will show great care for her family first, whether single or married. And this is what I mean when I say the virtuous woman's kindness is exercised wisely with priorities.
2: Uh, so, if a woman is mean to her personal family, her immediate family, whether married or single, does that denigrate from her femininity? What are your thoughts?
0: Um, not necessarily from her femininity, but there is a difference between being feminine and just being worldly. Okay. So, that's where the stark difference would be. So, for example, if she's single, she can care for those in her family according to the need as established by God's standards, like her parents would come first. This is honoring in the sight of God. But if she's married, her husband will come first, then her children, and then her parents in that order, according to the need.
2: Um, feel free to say, Greg, I'm not going to answer that, and you're a loser. But here's a question. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I feel like ladies that are kind can be taken advantage of for their kindness? And I don't mean like in some really heinous way. I just mean like steamrolled. How does a lady protect against that from being kind and yet still being a strong woman?
0: That's a good question, Greg.
2: (laughs) Shall we move on? No, No. I can answer that. Um,
0: I think it's important to understand the process that God has given us through his word on a balance of life. Being kind doesn't mean get ran over it doesn't mean that at all. if anything, if we just look at um, kindness when it comes to disciplining children or or confronting sin it's being that's being kind to somebody that's not being someone to oh, be you know, rolled over and stomped over, that's where the discrepancy comes in is understanding the definition of kindness. Just because you help somebody in need doesn't mean it's opportunity to take advantage of. It.
2: That's good because sometimes it, it seems like we just like paint this kind picture for a lady and she has to be very soft-spoken and she's got to be really good at like baking cookies or something. <laughs> and it's like, man, I'm not sure that's biblical. And I feel bad if a lady like is guilty cuz they they don't do that, you know?
0: Well, if you look at Jesus, he was kind and is kind to us, but when we look at the scriptures, he gives us evidences of his kindness even when he was firm. Yes. So, if he's our only example, he's the perfect example. So, and that's the example we need to follow.
2: Amen. Yeah. Good. Okay. All right. So, we got kindness. You've mentioned morals as well. Uh, help me understand. Uh, you said a woman who is virtuous will practice kindness and morals. What do you mean by that?
0: Well, you're really jumping ahead.
2: <laughs> you're welcome.
0: <laughs> well, now I got to skip to morals already <laughs> when I had all of these notes about kindness. <laughs> I
2: know. You're being kind to me right now to skip to morals okay. with me.
0: Well, this is the second thing that I was talking about regarding feminine traits in being a virtuous woman. So kindness is first, morals is second. So what I mean by morals is conforming to the standards of right living. And of course, that would be God's right living, not your own idea of it all. And of course, Ruth is another example of that.
2: Are are there specific morals that you're thinking of when it comes to how a woman pleases God in her femininity?
0: Well, I'm just talking about just the basic things that God calls immoral versus moral. And when I look at Ruth's example, she was in a position, um, Boaz noticed her her character actually as a young widow and commended her for it when he told her that she was blessed and she has shown her kindness to mm, be oh better yeah. than first, but um, than the last. And then he also mentioned by not going after young men, whether poor or rich. So I thought this was an important commendation when I looked through it because Ruth shows she's an excellent woman who has a heart for the true living God and her desire to follow his ways and to respond to him and her actions by doing what's right for his glory. So not looking for men with um, who are rich or poor, she was just trying to do what was right before the Lord.
2: Yeah, it seems like her heart in all of that wasn't... Uh exploit Boaz's richness and that maybe even in spite of the age difference that she was still doing good to Helm and still seeking to honor the Lord, honor Naomi in the way that she was interacting with
0: Boaz. Exactly. And for her to have a um, history of being a Moabite woman and those people being immoral, like they were known to be immoral people. This is why Ruth's morality is so critical in unveiling her biblical femininity and why um, it must be how we as women are perceived.
2: So you mentioned that she did what was right before God. Is that that a good principle for ladies to consider for morality, just doing what's right before the Lord?
0: That should not even just be considered. It should be the life, like the life.
2: Yeah, so... um, Are there specific things that you're like, hey, ladies, you need to hear this. Morality means this. This is what it looks like to do right before the Lord in this way.
0: Well, yeah. Like we said earlier, um, do nothing from personal gain, but serve others with a joyful heart do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, regard others as more important than yourself. Don't look out for your own personal interest, but also for the interest of others. Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus. So so as he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God, a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave and being made in the likeness of men. That's Philippians 2, 3 through 7. So this is true humility. And that's what, true kindness looks like, I believe that's what good morals look like. It's practicing humility to the utmost and not looking at humility as a slave mentality. I mean, worldly slave mentality.
2: Yeah. It seems to me too, that when a lady shows these types of character traits, that it's satisfying to her. And that is what a man is looking for in a lady as well. Is that okay? Is that okay to say that?
0: It's okay to say that. And I think it's also important to note the, because um, you brought up, what does morality really look like? And I'm thinking about, we can't practice back alley, what I call back alley immorality, because God sees everything. So we can't hide from God. So if we are indulging in the works of the flesh found in Galatians 5, 19 through 21, then we are um, fooling ourselves. Because anytime that we think that we are hiding from God, we are disillusioned. Yeah. <laughs>
2: All right. Well, hey, I want to thank you for joining us today. So for those of you who are listening, this is part one of a two-part series on biblical femininity. And I want to encourage you, if you have questions for Jamaica, you can email me at greg at And I would also like you to say, hey, Greg, biblical femininity, here are questions. And then I'm going to try to spam Jamaica with those as well. Great. Great. <laughs> she says, thank you, Greg. So <laughs> let me do this as is my custom. Let me pray for us and then we'll be done for today. Lord, I do thank you just for Jamaica and her giftedness and her clarity that she can bring. Lord, there are ladies that need to be reminded of who you're calling them to be, and we need women like Jamaica to use their voice of reason, their voice of truth to share your word in ways that are practical and helpful. May there be a generation of godly women that are being raised up before us for your glory, for the good of your church and for good of those that are around them. And may these women be surrounded by godly men that love them and care for them and want to see them thrive and grow. So, Lord, we just pray that you would use this in the heart of the listener, that they would be able to take away key principles from your word that are helpful. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: has been transformed with dr greg gifford a production of gospel partners media our website of course is transformed.org and it is your central hub for finding in-depth information on all things transformed if you've enjoyed transformed with dr greg gifford consider subscribing and sharing with your friends and church family also would you prayerfully consider joining this labor of love by becoming an ongoing monthly gospel partner and until next time go serve your king Transformed Season 3. It's finally here, and we're inviting you into the lives of individuals that are facing the giants of fear and guilt and grief. But hey, there's a twist. These aren't your typical battles. These battles have been fought with the sword of the spirit and the shield of faith. We'll together dive deep into the heart of what it means to be transformed. Transformed Season 3 can be found right now at wretched.org transformed three. 3.